0: Welcome back to the People of P.S. Podcast. This promises to be a special episode. Not only are we recording this, uh, the week before the week before Christmas, so that's always interesting. Um, we have experienced uncharacteristic technical difficulties in the lead up to this, which is, I don't know if it's fitting or if it's ironic because our guest today is the person that we rely on whenever we have technical ponies uh, and is, uh, sort of the in front of the scenes and behind the scenes person that makes everything work here. Uh, so, Jay, welcome to the podcast. Well, Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Jay, uh, the, the softball question that we give everybody, first podcast. Give us your five-minute autobiography. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Who are you?
1: All right. Um, my, my, my real name,
0: <laughs>
1: and I knew this was going to come up, but my real name is Jack Russell. Hilton and uh, I'm a Are junior. You named after the Terrier? Yes, unfortunately I am. <laughs> uh, a little large to be a Terrier, but that's okay. Um, I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, and, uh, but I've been raised in Houston since I was five years old, somewhere in there. 47 years old, I have four boys, uh, three of my own. One uh, is adopted. Been married for 23 years. I wouldn't trade her for three more like her. She's amazing.
0: Cindy Hilton, fifth grade teacher par excellence. Yeah. Yeah. Now you skipped all over your your childhood. You said you grew up in Houston. What part of Houston?
1: Um, I grew up in uh, really the South Belt area. Uh, Graduated from Dobie High School, a pretty familiar school here. And you know, played football.
0: What kind of a kid were you in high school?
1: Um, a cut up. I was a character. You know, got in a lot of trouble, but they were always laughing and smiling as they were giving me pops. They don't do that anymore
0: here. You know. <laughs> well, that's because it didn't seem to work for, yeah. for you.
1: Probably. I broke a few paddles. Yeah, de- <laughs> definitely. But um, we, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I was, I was a smart kid but I never applied myself. And unfortunately, uh, I come from you know a home that had some trouble with uh, the parents. And so it allotted me a, a lot of free time to kind of find myself in places I shouldn't have been in mischievous uh, circumstances. But football really helped me get back on track. Um, I had a, a come up through high school, had a lot of wonderful friends um had a a lot of offers to play football and uh you know they said I was good I guess if you run around like a chicken with your head cut off and with a bad attitude you know chasing a guy with a ball it's really kind of stupid if you think about it but um but that was also the time my senior year was also the time that you know and the only way I know how to describe it is kind of I had an encounter with God you know and um that's when I first, I didn't know what it was at the time, but at first felt a, a calling to something a little bit higher than a normal relationship with the Lord, and uh, had some great uh, people in my life that helped me direct that, those feelings, and um, that's, that led me to Bible college, and so, um, you know went through that i didn't do too well at bible college i was really good at pickup football though everybody (laughs) was scared of me Uh, those preacher kids didn't stand a chance uh but um but i um you know it was funny because i was sitting in class and um i thought man i've completely missed this and i said you know what god i need a sign from you that this is this is of you and um Right after I, I was kind of saying that little prayer on my desk, the teacher got up, the instructor, professor, whatever he was, and uh, he's like, we're going to have a pop quiz, and uh, he said, we're gonna, I want you to name the books of the Bible, and, we're, and you're also going to be graded on spelling. And uh, there was only one person that got 100 on that test, and that was me and uh, and i took that as a sign that cuz that was god <laughs> and uh, was and it so, was it
0: god in the knowing all the books or in the spelling them all correctly all of it all the above yeah no
1: all the above
0: so that's so that's the I, you know you, you kind of jumped ahead which is great that's the the interesting part of you from my perspective is that you you have this incredible skill and ability on the operations and facility side of things and you have tons of experience in that in that area. But you're also a committed man of faith, um, have been for a long time um, you know pastor at church, which I definitely want to talk about. so, um, so let's, let's press pause. I know it's hard for you to lead with your relationship with God, which is great and as it should be. but sort of get us quickly through sort of um, how, how you find yourself in this role at Presbyterian school because you've, you, you've done a lot of things, um, you know, in and around facilities, but, you know, this was, this was kind of a, a unique opportunity for you when you came.
1: Well, um, a couple of years ago, well, I've been here five years, and then I was at a church for three years before this. Um, and then before that, I had my, my own business. I, I operated my own business for 10 years, and um, I pretty much had a unique uh, niche of building bulkheads and piers and docks and boathouses and uh, uh did great uh, ended up selling out uh, the business because i just wasn't able to spend uh, the time i needed with my family and then also too it was hurting my ministry because i was just if i wasn't selling i was going to pick up material and i you know, and uh, employing uh, the employment of individuals was a very tough obstacle. And then uh, so I had an opportunity to come up at a church there in Perryland, a fairly large church. And I went on staff there as a minister. And uh, just so happened that I knew a lot uh, about facilities. I didn't really I didn't get my degree in this or anything, but uh, just... A whole lot of life experience with tools um, brought me to this stage, and then I was uh, there for uh, three years, and uh, they were really excited. Uh, They were—I was about to take over a church of about 300 people, and we had uh, down in Austin, and um, and I just, man, I just didn't feel that that was it, and. um, and I was praying, and all of a sudden, uh, a good friend of mine, Travis Hodges from uh, Grace Presbyterian, who used to be the facility manager over there, he called me up, and he's like, um, "Hey, bud, I, I, there's a there's a position that's come open at a, a Presbyterian school over there in Houston," and he said, "Man, I just think you would be like perfect for this position," and and um, and uh, Tamara from Joy School was the one that told Travis that and so that's how I got here
0: yeah yeah so it's it's been five years yeah Yeah.
1: and you know what's funny is I showed up I I really didn't want the job and uh (laughs) I was just like I was happy I felt like you know but I I knew something was happening in my spirit and then when I met you know you guys it
0: was it
1: was y'all were it was amazing you know you just first interview you know
0: well and I'll say this um I I guess I, I guess I'm sort of startled that you've been here five years I know. On, on the one on the one side it seems like a long time but on the other side i feel like so that means i was here basically 10 years with no facility director which is <laughs> kind of crazy i should say shout out to jessica wright who's our sound engineer and was our operations officer for, for a while uh it did a great job did a great job but uh so yeah so um so the uh the the piece I think what we're trying to focus on this year in the podcast is sort of giving back, um, and so I guess my the big question is you I know you and I know that you see the job here as an extension of your faith, right? right. And your it, yeah. it's really it's really ministry to you, right? Yes. So yeah, so for for people who you know don't have the opportunity really to. To live out their faith at their jobs, right? Um, whether it's you know because the nature of the job or because they're just um, you know uncomfortable, with that how do you, how do you see this as an extension of your of your faith or as an extension of your ministry? Because I mean, you do you do pastor your own church too, right?
1: Yes, I, I do. Um, you know, uh, about six months after I started here, uh, my wife and I. Uh, begin to have Bible study in our living room, and we had, uh, I think our first service was like six people that showed up, and uh, from there it's just grown uh, much bigger than, than I did. Pastoring is hard work, brother, <laughs> and, um, and so now we have about 60 people. Um, you know, if I could get everybody there, we'd have about 75 people, mm-hmm. but um, welcome to the struggles of pastoring, um, but you know, I had so I had a wonderful, wonderful mentor in my life, and she came into my life right when God called me. Uh, her name was Narvi Green. Narvi Green, you got to understand, um, was a seventy two year old authoritative black lady that loved me, but was not pulling any strings. She told me like it was. Uh, I mean, she was a godsend when I needed it, and um, she uh, helped me recognize this call of the Lord in my life, and it was at that moment, and through her prayer and the many hours of uh, spending time with her that, you know, whether my career afforded me the opportunity to live out my faith or not, I had to live out my faith. Right. And um, and you know it's funny because one of the Ten Commandments is that thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. And you know, and and the way I see that, and I'm not, I don't mean to preach on the podcast, but (laughs) you wouldn't be the first person. (laughs) But um, you know, the way I see that is that it's it sounds weird because we think, well, we shouldn't use the Lord's name in vain. But the way I see that interpretation is that if you're going to proclaim to be a christian you're it better show up in all of your life yeah. and if it doesn't then essentially you're taking the lord's name in vain you're you're telling someone that i'm something that i'm really not yeah. now it it's taken a lot of work to get to that you know i mean examining our lives and, and our actions every day and when somebody comes up and taps their name tag and says go do this you got to you know just swallow that. Are
0: you, are uh, you talking about... No, just, you, you, about, you know,
1: individuals. It, uh, no, no way.
0: Not that I would, I would ever <laughs> exercise that. All right, well, let me, let me ask you this. So, you know, we talk a lot about strengths here. Mm-hmm. You know, Christy Hino talked about that when she was on the podcast. But, like, when you when you think about the skills that, uh, that you have, and I know that you see those as gifts from God, right? Mm-hmm. What, what would you say are the skills that you, you utilize in both your work as a pastor, but then your your work here, you know, uh, fi- fixing everything. Like when the air conditioner goes down, we call Jay. So what, what are, where's that overlap with respect to your the skills that God has given you?
1: Well, with this new building and its uh, advanced technology, I find myself praying a lot. <laughs> it is, it, it has really increased my... Do
0: you feel like you're skilled at prayer? <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Uh, no, this, this building is really a uh, very... St- it's, a, it's smarter than I am, but uh, we won't tell anybody that. No. Yeah. There's um, only like three people that listen to me. But the you know, uh, anyway, so. <laughs> well, I, I mean, honestly, I I, um, I think the interaction with my coworkers um, is the biggest plus, and the students, and the parents, and you know, the church, and and I, and I and I, what I have found is that um, you know, look, I mean, it is a building, it is you know, I can, uh, there's a plethora of information on how to fix things and do things. But I think the biggest key to, to my success is that even with my vendors that come in and repair things and is a relationship, you know, I, it really comes down to love. I I know that's not a word you hear a lot anymore, but people want to be loved. They want to be respected. And, um, and I don't do it out of a chore. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy, uh, if I can bring a little bit of sunshine to somebody's life, uh, man, it just, it makes my day. And then when that happens, you know, you find yourself, uh, when you, you know, I got myself in trouble, you going into each department and I would say, Hey, this is my favorite department. Well, they started talking <laughs> to each other. And so now that that's kind of been, uh, turned on its head, but, uh, seriously, you know, interacting with people. I, this place is amazing. I mean, I've worked at a few places in my life, and and just the the respect. You know, it's not makeshift. It's not something somebody's trying to pull the wool over my eyes. It's legit. And and you know, when you feel that, it's so easy to just get in that flow and that vein. And and really, isn't that you know kind of what the Lord commanded us to do. He said, you can have all these talents, you can have all this stuff, you can do all these things, but if you do any, if you don't have love, yeah. you're wasting your time. And so, you know, I don't know if that answered, I, no, no. I actually forgot your question. Yeah. But <laughs>
0: no, I, think, I think that's, I think people will appreciate the uniqueness of, of you in this role. I mean, yeah. that's, I, I, I think people probably expected you to say, oh, you know, I, I, I love to work my hands, you know, I love to, you know, build things, fix things and and I know you I know you enjoy that and you are you I mean people wouldn't know you're a very gifted woodworker. You know, you yeah. do a lot of those things, but I think everything, I'm glad you said what you said, everything that I've ever experienced with you from a professional standpoint is highly relational and and I'm sure it is rooted in love because that's yeah. that's who you are. All right. So two two things that have happened recently to you that mm-hmm. are I think loosely connected. Well, one is is very directly connected to the school. So you had a bit of a health scare. Yes, uh, I did recently. Yeah. And uh, so I'm just curious. So I hope it's not a HIPAA violation. You had a yeah. you had a heart attack, you, didn't
1: you? Yeah. I, I give you clearance. clearance yeah. <laughs>
0: so. Uh, so I'm just I think people would be curious to know the lifestyle changes that you have had to make or that or that you've been told that you have to make because you are you are a big guy yes yeah. and I know that you enjoy certain uh, delicacies of, of cuisine right <laughs> so yes uh, so a, just the you know the the nature of sort of well there's a little bit yeah. of confronting your mortality there when something yeah. like that happens so yeah talk to us a little bit about, about
1: well that. Um, First off, I want to make this clear. So if you see me eating a taco, like you're not coming up slapping out of my hand.
0: <laughs>
1: I had no blockage. It would be done. I well, yeah. love that, Jay. I <laughs> love right? That's true. But uh, you know, so so surprisingly, I had a scare here at work. Uh, I went to Home Depot to buy some cement to uh, Quickrete to set up the basketball goal and um, start, I got in the truck after loading it up and uh, I really started feeling bad and um, I, I had no chest pain or anything like that but I had back pain and it started taking my breath away and so I was like you know what I, I, I might as well go back to school because I have to give Cindy a ride home anyway so uh, and then that uh, so I went to Julie and and I went into the office there with the nurses, and, and uh, which by the way, they, they are so awesome, phenomenal. And um, yeah, and they started taking my blood pressure and said, you're, you're, this is not good. Went to the emergency room, Cindy went with me. And they, that's where they began to tell me that they were taking, uh, they were testing my tr- uh, tropamine levels in my blood. And they said, you're fine right now, but if this goes any higher, you know, we're gonna have to uh, admit you. And sure enough, uh, it went higher and, and they said, you're now having a heart attack. And so uh, I was laying there in the hospitals about four in the morning and they began to tell me that if they were really getting concerned that I was gonna have a stroke. And that's what they were trying to avoid. And so um, uh, thankfully the Lord saw fit <laughs> uh, to intervene and, uh, and uh, my, it leveled off and it started to come down but and I didn't have a stroke. Um, The next day, they did a heart cath, and when he was in there, he said, quote, unquote, you can drive a truck through your veins. He said, blockage, you have no blockage, but your veins are so large that they are actually delaminating. And uh, that's how a small blood vessel on the bottom back side of my heart actually delaminated and exploded
0: does that mean delaminate? does that mean it just got super thin
1: uh it it expanded like a balloon and stretched and popped and so, so your
0: heart is literally too big jay is that is that wow. what we're hearing I I, i'm gonna write a book <laughs> i'm going <laughs> yes went from love to the big heart all right so that that's i mean that's that's scary yeah. right but no blockage right no so. blockage. Yeah. All right, so then pretty soon after that, in fact, you just got back yeah. from a trip to the Holy Land, yeah, which uh, you a uh, huge, huge blessing, right? That yeah. was not something that you know you had um, had planned. So yeah, talk talk to us about just how you were able to do that, and then what you what you bring back from that from that um,
1: trip. Well, you know, uh, amazing blessing. I, I really, you know, it was funny because when when I was laying there in the hospital, and Cindy and I were, you know just waiting there. I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to be able to go to the Holy Land. I've been trying to do this for two years and COVID and all this stuff. And, and so, um, uh, but fortunately I was able to go and, uh, it was just absolutely, uh, incredible, uh, you know, for somebody that has, you know, studies the word and, uh, you know, to put a picture and to be in those places, it's just really hard to explain. Um, but I'll tell you what the the thing for me that uh, really stood out is you know I went there to see the history of the Lord and the history of things and I really feel like I came back with God putting His future and His purpose in my for my, my for my my thoughts mm-hmm. my vision. And so I went to see the history of God and God is talking to me the whole time about his future. And the one thing that stood out to me, out of all the amazing places and stuff, when we were on the bus and traveling over and over and over again, there was just acres and acres of fruit trees. I mean, banana trees, orange trees, lemon trees, mangoes, Mm -hmm. olives, avocados. It was crazy the amount of fruit. And they were all heavy and different things. And so, you know, what God really purposed in me is that, you know, there's a lot of fruit hanging on the trees. People are hurting, people are suffering, and they need, they need to know who I am. And so uh, that's kind of where uh, what I came away with everything was that I've got to be more of not just with my words, but with my life, with my actions of of the Lord and his saving grace and his mercies. And and then you read in Proverbs, I think it's, uh, I don't know, 11 verse 30, it says, he that winneth souls is wise. So, mm-hmm. I mean, God kind of spelled it out, but that's for me. You know, I, I want to be,
0: you know, I, I'm not going to be, don't worry, I'm not going to be walking around with signs on my head. Or- Marty Durden, who was our long, long-time oh, yeah. athletic director. You know, Marty used to say, I mean, incredible man of faith, as, as well as being just a, you know, terrific, you know, person. But Marty used to say there's sort of two kinds of, of Christians. There's, you know, Christians who can who can bring Christ to others, and then Christians who can be Christ for others. And so it's really about where you feel like the Lord is calling you. You know, if you're bringing Christ, you know, you maybe you are a pastor, right? That's more your role. And if, if you're being Christ for others, then it's really in how you live your life and, you know, the example that you show. You really are one of the rare people that I've met, and I think we have here, who do do both of those really, really well in a way that is very inviting and inclusive, right? It's like you know, the way that you live out this calling of love that you've articulated so well is, I mean, I remember vividly when two successive hurricanes hit Lake Charles, Louisiana, where my wife's whole family lives. And I, I mean, hit on a Thursday, called you on a Friday, and said, hey, I've got some generators lined up. Can you, can you put those in the back of your truck and on a trailer, and can you go to Louisiana with me? And you said, what time? Right. Yeah, it was no, it was no hesitation, yeah. and I know from, from going there with you, it was the Lord's calling on your life to, to be Christ to people that you never, you never even seen before, right? Well, you know, I, I saw a sign a long time ago.
1: I was a young man, and this silly little billboard sign – affected my life and it said preach the gospel at all times and if necessary use words yeah. and I think that's really what it comes down to
0: I agree I agree all right so let's let's uh, you know we got a couple minutes left so you you said you have four boys a lot of the humor that you've shared with me over our five years together has just been uh, the humor around being a parent of yeah. boys yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I think you've referred to them as wild boys at yeah. time. What well, give us give us some good natured parenting advice uh, for for those of us who have boys out there? Like, ju- just maybe maybe something we we wouldn't have known. Uh, oh man, that's that's tough.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, don't give up. <laughs> you know, uh, was the struggle it struggle is real? Yeah, right? was it Winston Churchill said never, no. never, never, <laughs> never give up. That's that's uh, it. You know. Yeah. Uh kids don't get it with one lesson. you just gotta engrave it on the walls
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no i think i think uh, I think that's great that's great advice well Jam, i am I'm glad people are gonna get to know you a little bit better uh i I admire your uh steadfast faith so much and i, well, I hope you. that what people hear in this is um, just how good natured you are about sharing your your faith with whoever. Whoever wants to to know about it, and uh, and that I think too, um, I think there's a joy in your faith and in how you live your faith out that's missing uh, in organized religion and Christianity today, yeah. and uh, so I love that you're a walking example of of that joy and that you can be a faithful person. Uh, you can be a believer and you can be filled with joy. I mean, that's sort yeah. of what we're called to be, that's right? That's about. I mean,
1: yeah. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> so. I'm, I'm grateful for you, and I know the community is too, so thank yeah. you very much. Thank you, boss. Yep. <laughs>